Well, thanks again for joining us. Uh, my name's Josh Rhodes, and I'm the adult ministry pastor here at The Ridge. And before we jump in, I just wanna say how thankful I am that we've been able to stay connected and growing as a church family. Uh, I know we can't wait to be able to come back here as a family, but we're thankful that we've been able to worship from home. Uh, this was the view of our living room last week. This is my son, Pierce, shredding the guitar and uh, my son Micah on background vocals. And, uh, and I just wanna tell you this morning or whatever time you're watching this, if you're in your PJs or even if you're in your Christmas PJs like my son, it's totally cool. Uh, you can see us, but we can't see you. Well, last week, Pastor Tim kicked off this brand new series, Angels and Demons. It's a subject that for a lot of us either confuses us or it scares us, so we tend to just avoid it. But I'm thankful as a church that we're jumping into this series to learn the truth about this subject. And as Kevin mentioned, uh, we do have an app now, so it's easy to go back. And if you missed last week, please take 30 seconds this week and watch uh, as Pastor Tim laid the, the groundwork and the foundation for this entire series, asking seven important questions and answering it with, with seven answers. So make sure you go back and watch. But his bottom line was this. This was his bottom line. Angels and demons do exist and they impact our world. Angels and demons do exist and they impact our world. And I love the analogy that Pastor Tim used to describe this. He likened the unseen world to the wind. We can't see the wind, but we know it exists. We can't see it uh, as it blows through our yard to move a wind chime or to, to move a tree, but we know it's real because we see its effect. And in the same way, we can't see angels and demons, but we believe they are real. There's been a lot of wind around at Morgantown recently, and that same storm that blew through and, and ripped off a giant panel of the church, and I know downed many of your trees, actually came through our yard as well. And we had just gotten a 14-foot trampoline, didn't have it staked down, and this is what it looked like after that storm came through. So yeah, a friend did point out though, they said, at least your kids weren't on it, to which I replied, um, well, I normally don't let my children jump on the trampoline during the middle of the night during a storm, but there's always a silver lining. So like the wind, angels and demons are real and they're influencing our world today. And our focus in our time today is going to be on the chief fallen angel and his army of demons. And we wanna talk about really his character his evil nature of who he is. And then next week, Pastor Tim will be back, be back to talk about how he works, the specific strategies that he uses against us as believers. So our bottom line today is this, it's to be alert, but not afraid. To be alert, but not afraid. We need to be alert because the Bible tells us that we have an enemy who is described as a prideful liar, a deceiver, a slanderer, a tempter, a thief, and a murderer. And he, along with his host of demons, are bent on our destruction. So we need to be alert, but we don't need to be afraid. And why is that? Why don't we need to be afraid? It's because of this, the one who is in you 
is greater than the one who is in the world. The one who is in you is in, in, is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. So we don't need to be afraid. So today my prayer for us is this, is that we would learn to be alert, that we would be awakened and we would have our eyes open to the truth that we have an enemy who is bent on our destruction, but to not be afraid but to not be afraid. And we're gonna look at some of my favorite verses from 1 Peter chapter five. But before we do, I'd love to take a moment and pray as we open up God's word together. Well, God, we are thankful that we can connect with you and that we can connect with each other today. God, we can't see you, but we believe in you and we trust you. We're grateful that you've given us your word and we ask that you would open our hearts and our minds to what you have in store for us today. We don't need to be confused. We don't need to be scared. We wanna know your truth and we wanna apply it to our lives. We ask you for your help today. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's look at a few verses from 1 Peter chapter five. And like I said, these are some of my favorite verses and this, uh, this comes to us from chapter five, verses eight and nine. It says this, be serious, be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for anyone he can devour. Resist him and be firm in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are being experienced by your fellow believers throughout the world. Now there is so much for us in just these two verses but to make the most of these verses, I wanna share a little bit about what's going on as Peter was inspired to write this letter. You see, Peter and his brother Andrew had the privilege of being the first two disciples called by Jesus. They were fishermen and he said, follow me and they dropped their nets and they followed him. Imagine what it would have been like to follow Jesus day and night for three years. Peter saw Jesus do incredible miracles. Peter was there as described in Matthew chapter eight when he cast the demons out of those two demon-possessed men and threw the demons into the herd of pigs. Peter saw with his own eyes when Jesus was nailed to a Roman cross and three days later he saw that he rose from the dead. Peter, along with the other disciples, were commissioned to go into all the world with the good news of salvation that Christ has won. And they did, they obeyed him and the gospel spread far and wide. And it made its way to Rome. And some 30 years later after the resurrection of Jesus, this is where we find Peter. A great persecution had broke out against believers. They were being abused they were being in prison, they were being martyred, and they were being scattered throughout the world. And Peter was inspired to write these words to these Christians. Now for us today, if you're in America like I am and watching this, we're not being killed for our faith, but I do think we can relate to these Christians who are isolated and who are under attack. You see, right now, we're in the middle of an unprecedented pandemic, something that we've never experienced and Lord willing, we'll never experience again. And we're being asked to isolate. And we're under this physical attack of this invisible virus, this horrible virus. And I think for many of us, we're under a spiritual attack 
we're feeling depressed, we're feeling discouraged, we're feeling hopeless. And I'm, I'm sure that there's some of us who are even questioning our faith. God, where are you in the midst of this? So this strong reminder to these early Christians is absolutely for us today. So first, Peter says, you've gotta be serious and you've gotta be alert. Simply put, the devil isn't a kitten. The devil is a killer. He hates God. He hates Christians who are in the image of God and have been transferred into God's kingdom. And his intent is to destroy. He knows he cannot touch our eternity. That is secure. He cannot touch it, but he can come after our lives today. Now, when most of us think of a lion, um, I know for me, my mind goes to the zoo, whether that's the Pittsburgh Zoo, we're here locally to Hovatters, um, or maybe your mind goes to Mufasa or Scar. Uh, but Peter didn't have a zoo and he definitely didn't have Disney Plus, but he would have been very familiar with lions. A scholar Craig Keener writes this, lions were viewed as the most ferocious and mighty beasts. And from Psalm twenty-two, thirteen, they came to be used as figures for enemies of God's people. In the time of Nero, Christians were fed to some literal lions as well. Now the Romans, they were known to be bloodthirsty. We're all familiar with gladiators and the Colosseum. And they would actually throw Christians and criminals to the lions to be eaten alive. This practice became known as condemnation to beasts and is preserved in history in different mosaics. And this one is from 200 AD, depicting a Christian or a criminal who's bound and being pounced on to be eaten alive. Now, I don't know for certain, but since Peter was in Rome, under that great persecution under Nero, it is possible that he would have known someone personally who was eaten by a lion. And it's this gruesome, violent image that Peter wants us to see, that we have an enemy who is not a kitten, but is a killer. So he gets very specific and he says, you've gotta be serious. You've gotta be serious. This word is used three times in this letter, in one, three, four, seven, and here in five, eight. And it means to be sober-minded. The opposite of sober, of course, is drunk. And when a person's drunk, they're not thinking clearly. They're all mixed up in their head. And he says you have to be sober-minded. You have to be clear in your spiritual thinking. He also says you need to be alert. Alert is to be watchful. It's to be wide awake. It's to be on guard. And I think this one is particularly personal for Peter because the night before Jesus would go to the cross, he took his disciples to the garden of Gethsemane and he told them, watch and pray so you don't fall into temptation. And what did the disciples do? They fell asleep. And it was later that night that Peter would go on to deny his savior three times. 
we have to stay spiritually alert. And when I see these words together, be serious, be alert, I think about how I feel when I'm at a pool with my four young children. I would love to just kick back and relax and take it easy, but I can't. I have to be serious, I have to be alert because that water could hurt or kill my children. So he says, be serious, be alert, because your adversary, he gets very personal here. Now, as we learned last week, Satan, because of his pride, fell from heaven along with his host of demons. And yes, he is God's adversary for sure. Yes, he is humanity's adversary for sure. Yes, he is Christians at large, their adversary for sure. But he is your adversary. He is your adversary. This is very personal. And what he wants to do is to devour. That's what he wants to do. Now, I'll think for just a moment, wherever you're listening or watching this from, what does it mean to devour Something. Even the word sounds like what it is to devour. It's not a nibble, it's not a bite, it is full consumption. And you and I have an enemy who is intent on destroying us, not to make life challenging or difficult. Now, catch this if God is for your complete and total transformation, then Satan is for your complete and total destruction. Again, he knows he cannot go after your eternity. That is secure in Christ. But he can attack us today to remove and to destroy our joy in our faith. Now, when I read this word devour, it gets really personal because I think about people who I've known who have been devoured And I'm sure you can think of many people as well, or maybe even yourself. I can think of relationships that have been devoured. I can think of many marriages who were in a great place, who were growing, who were joyful, who were going in a great direction and temptation came in and before you knew it, that relationship, that marriage was devoured. I can think of trust that has been devoured, integrity, that has been devoured, hope that's been devoured, a future that's been devoured, innocence that's been devoured, health and even lives that have been devoured. And I just wanna say to you specifically, if you feel that your life has been devoured, be encouraged that God is the God of new, that God is the God who restores, that maybe that happened in your past but it doesn't have to happen again in your future. And you cannot miss next week, as I mentioned, because Pastor Tim next week is gonna talk about the specific tactics and strategies that he uses to devour. And if we're aware of those and mindful of those, then we're going to be so much more prepared for the battle. So as Christians, if we're gonna be serious and we're gonna be alert and we're gonna be mindful of our enemy, Won't that cause us to just be anxious? Won't that cause us to be fearful? Won't that cause us to to walk around on eggshells? I don't think it will. That hasn't been my experience. 
And from verse nine, we know what we can do. We can resist him. We can resist him and be firm in the faith, the faith in our savior, Jesus Christ. Now this word resist is powerful and this is what it means. It means to actively oppose pressure or power to fight back against, to actively oppose and to fight back. We can fight back. And I can't help but think of that famous TV show, Cops, where you see these criminals who are resisting arrest. They're not gonna go down easy. They're not gonna be cuffed easy. They are going to resist. They are going to oppose. They are going to fight back. That's what we can do. Last week, Pastor Tim reminded us that Satan does have power. He does have power. And he strategically attacks along with his demons the areas of weakness in our life. But he does not have authority over our lives. Scripture tells us that we have been bought with a price. We are his. We are owned by God, not the devil. And there's this expression that you hear all the time which you need to strike from your vocabulary. The devil made me do it. It's not true. His attacks are often persistent and his attacks are powerful, but he cannot force you to do anything that you don't wanna do. We can actively oppose, we can actively fight back. Now there's a short book right before 1 Peter James that tells us something very similarly. It says this, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore submit to God but resist the devil and he will what? He will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. When we actively resist the devil and run to God, we will experience victory. And if I could say it this way, strong resistance to the devil comes from a strong relationship with God. A strong relationship, resistance to the devil will come from a strong and growing relationship with God. So for the next few moments, I wanna remind you of three things that you have that will help you grow strong in your relationship so you can grow strong in your resistance. First and foremost, friends, you have God's word. Whether it's a physical copy like this or it's an app on your phone, it doesn't matter, it's all God's word. Last week we talked about Jesus being tempted by the devil in Matthew chapter four. And three times Jesus was tempted and three times he came back with quoted scripture. That is our greatest defense. Ephesians 6, 17 says this, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is God's word. That is your sword, it's God's word. Now, this is gonna sound really cheesy, but I think you'll remember it. An apple a day keeps the doctor away. Well, I would tell you that a chapter a day will keep the devil away. Whether that's a chapter from the Psalms or the the Proverbs or the Gospels, the whole Bible is awesome. A chapter a day will help you. And the fact that you're tuned in listening to God's word preached means that you're hungry for God's word. I would encourage you to read it 
on your own. And when you come across a verse, just an awesome verse like John 3.16 or, or one of my favorites, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, write it down on a note card. Write it on a post-it note and put it on your bathroom mirror and commit those scriptures to memory. So we have God's word and we also have God's ear. Day or night, we can call upon God for help. When we're feeling discouraged, when we're feeling attacked, we have God's ear. The verse right before the ones we're looking at, 1 Peter 5, 7 says this, casting all your care on him because he cares about you. He cares for the whole world, but he cares about you. Romans 12, 12 reminds us to be persistent in prayer, to be persistent. We can call out to God in prayer. We can also call out to God through these worship songs that we sing. This is a way for us to pray. And sometimes I don't feel like I have the words to pray. If I'm tired or I'm discouraged and I don't even know what to say, I put on a worship song like the blessing, these songs that give us words. And right now, as we're in this empty room where I'm looking right now, towards the back of the room, towards our tech booth, I can picture my friend Dylan. And he sits every week when we're gathered together and I've never met someone who worships harder and greater and more passionately than my friend Dylan. He sings those songs of praise to God and I know he has them on repeat all week long. We have God's ear through prayer and through our worship and we also have God's people. We have God's people. Now, when Peter said to, to resist and to stand firm, he reminded them that this same suffering was being experienced around the world. He was reminding those believers that we are in this together, that the devil wasn't just attacking them personally, he was attacking all of us. This is a team sport and I would just say in this season, we need God and we need each other more than we ever have. I love how Hebrews chapter 10 says it. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as we see the day approaching. I know right now I need so much encouragement. And I know you do as well. And I haven't always had people in my life. I've had seasons where I have, and I've had seasons where I've allowed myself to isolate. But right now, I thank God that I am in good community. Hillary and I host a group at our house that meets every other Sunday. And once all this began to happen, our group decided to begin to meet online. So this is what my computer looks like every Sunday night from eight to nine o'clock. It's Justin and Katie and Patrick and Krista, Eric and Lisa, Michael and Kyria, Jack and Madison. We connect just for one hour and we talk, we catch up, we discuss these messages and then we pray for each other and it makes all the difference. And I know that hundreds of you, literally hundreds and hundreds of you are doing the same thing. And I encourage you to join a group. The church, uh, the church has so many options for you right now. Reach out, get connected to God's people. But this is what we have. This is what we have to resist and grow strong. We have God's word. We have his ear day and night through prayer and worship. And we have God's people. We are not 
alone. This is how we will resist and grow strong in our relationship with Christ. It's how we will grow in our relationship with the one who died for our sins and rose again. It's how we'll grow strong in the one who is seated at the right hand of the Father interceding from us, for us. It's how we'll grow strong in the one who will one day return to this earth to rule and reign for a thousand years and then defeat our enemy once and for all. In a moment, we're gonna sing a song that really speaks to this truth and then I'm gonna come back with one more encouragement, so hang on this morning. But the song that we're gonna sing is the cross has the final word. And here's some of the words. The cross has the final word, the cross has the final word. Evil may put up its strongest fight, but the cross has the final word. There's nothing stronger, nothing higher, nothing greater than the name of Jesus. All the honor, all the power, all the glory to the name of Jesus. And I know being home, whether you're alone or just with one of the two other people, it can feel a little bit awkward to sing. I get it. But I wanna encourage you to sing this song and to give him this praise today.
So we need to be alert, but not afraid. And today as you're watching this, if you are afraid and you don't have peace, I would just ask, do you have a relationship with God through faith in Christ? If you don't, I encourage you to place your trust in Him today. Most do it through a simple, heartfelt prayer where they call out to God and acknowledge that they've sinned and that they need a savior and that they're believing in Jesus who died in their place for their sins and rose again. Romans 10, 13 says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You will be delivered from the penalty of your sin. You will be transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Your sins will be forgiven. You'll be given the Holy Spirit. You'll be invited into God's family. I encourage you to place your trust in him today and let us know if we can help you do that. And to those of you who believe, I, I just wanna acknowledge the fact that we're in a difficult time. This is like nothing we've ever experienced. We're isolated, we're under a physical attack and we're under a spiritual attack. I just wanna remind you that you have God's ear day or night. If you're feeling discouraged, depressed, hopeless, helpless, call out to him, cast your care on him because he cares for you. He cares for all of us, but he cares for you. Call out to him in prayer and worship. You have God's people even if you're alone in a room and you can't go anywhere, if you have a phone or a computer, you can connect with God's people to be encouraged, to be prayed with, to be built up. And most importantly, you have God's word. 2 Timothy 3.16 says that it is God breathes. These are his words for us today. And I wanna close with just a, a recap of the two verses that we've looked at and then one final promise from Peter today. 
It says, be serious, be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for anyone he can devour. Resist him and be firm in the faith, knowing that these same sufferings are being experienced by your fellow believers throughout the world. Now catch this. Now the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ Jesus, will personally, will personally do this for you, will personally restore and establish and strengthen and support you after you suffer a little. The dominion belongs to him forever. Amen. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we have your ear. We thank you for your people. God, today we're mindful that we have an enemy who is bent on our destruction, who hates you and hates us, but we need not fear. We can resist. Help us grow strong in our relationship with you this week. We ask it in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.